Super Scoreboard. Women in Football Podcast. Inspiring the next generation of girls in the game. Hello and welcome to Super Scoreboard's Women in Football Podcast with me, Joe Hendry. And I'm joined this week by the lovely <laughs> I had to think of a way to describe you there and I was going to say tall well I am I am tall you are tall and you are Callum Bell I am Callum Bell so and we, I'm, I, Judy's out on lovely <laughs> <laughs> well you're here at, the, at least yeah. and I'm here which is more than a lot of people this week yeah very true I didn't know if we'd get to do this but so far we've not been shut down I know, like, we were just saying that there, how lucky we feel to actually still be able to do this considering everything that's going on around us just now and obviously there's no football as such to talk about but what a surreal couple of weeks it's been since we've done the first pod, isn't it? What a time to launch a football podcast (laughs) and there's not been a game since. It's not even a joke, it's true. It's ridiculous. Uh, Yeah, well, I don't think we can be blamed for the jinxing it or anything. I think it's... (laughs) You never know. Um, but it is it is a very odd sensation and I think one of the things as well is how much we maybe took it for granted before how much we missed sport in general it's like I'll literally watch anything I know my mates are sending pictures into our group chat of uh, a game that's going on I think in Melbourne <laughs> it's behind closed doors just to get their fix yeah and it must be hard for the players as well you know obviously keeping up we see them all on social media doing their toilet roll keep you up ease, which I couldn't even I don't like one yeah, and I also heard that you, you know, I say heard, you told me, you've got six dry tea bags lying in the living room because you tried the tea bag keep you yeah, charmed as well. They're really hard to get straight, <laughs> like on target though, because goes left, goes right. And I think uh, maybe they're dry, so maybe I should have made them uh, after a cup of tea and, and lobbed it around the house. I'm sure they're popular time. for my husband and kids. <laughs> so yeah, there's all kinds of mad things going on on social media as well, just people trying to keep themselves occupied so yeah and this is us trying to do our bit to keep you occupied we're going to bring you some football chat luckily you had a a brilliant chat with Shelley Kerr the Scotland's national team manager and we've got the second part of that which was before all this kicked off so it's just a normal interesting chat with a really incredible human being and I think the thing about that as well obviously it happened before all of this you know with the big tournaments being postponed like the the Euros obviously and the Women's Champions League finals and all of those things have been thrown into doubt so when I spoke to Shelley everything was good life was still as we knew it and uh, we kicked off this chat actually talking about balancing striking that balance or trying to strike that balance between um, motherhood being a mum having a little one and a career in football so I will go ahead and let you guys enjoy that chat between me and Scotland Women's Team Manager Shelley Kerr and if I can very quickly interrupt, don't go anywhere because after it, we've got Glasgow City's Joe Love as well, which is oh. going to be a great chat. Super Scoreboard. Women in Football Podcast. Inspiring the next generation of girls in the game. Do you know, it's, it's tough when I talk about this because I do get quite emotional because, and I'm, it's something I'm really not proud of, that a lot of the times football came before my family and that doesn't sit well with me Um, and it's something that I reflect on quite often now especially getting more mature and getting older and you know I missed out on a lot of things a lot of milestones of my daughter you know we we had a a joke I think she was in you know secondary school at the time and I went to parents night and she says mum this is your first cap so, and everything relates to, you know, the conversation's always around yeah. football and, and, you know, I've 
it's like I've missed so many things. I've missed family um, milestones, things relating to my daughter. You know, I remember being away and out cleaning with the national team at Algarve Cup, being away for 10 days. It was the hardest 10 days of my life. You know, my daughter was like six at the time, yeah. just started school. Even yet, now, I think that she's older now and when you get critiqued, because you always get critiqued in being a manager, mm-hmm. you know, that doesn't affect me the same as it affects her or the rest yeah. of the family, but it's been tough. Thankfully, our relationship and the bond we have is really something special, mm-hmm. so she understands... But I have to say that, you know, she's been through the mill from an early age and, you know, it's something as a mum that I try to make it up to her and, you know, in the best way that I can. But it's been tough, I have to be honest. And everyone, everyone in any job gets that mum guilt, you know, when you're away and you feel like I should be at home or I should be with her. How did you cope with that? Did you, when you were, say, away at the Algarve Cup, did you just focus or did you, could you speak to her every day or was it a case of you having to really be in the zone I think then when she was younger it was hard I think what I, I, I left a letter for every day that I was away so that she had something to open you know it helped a little bit and way back then when I played you, you know you couldn't FaceTime or yeah. anything like that it was quite tough I think the challenges are just different mm. when you know kids grow and develop mm. but they want their mum there you know yeah. they want you know their parents there but it, it certainly has been tough but I have to be honest you know from a coaching perspective I'm really in the zone when I'm away so that's hard yeah. as well to I mean you know the World Cup for example you know we gave the players a lot of free time mm-hmm. to spend with their families I never saw my family you're you're apprehensive about you know how it's perceived. People then might think that you know concentrating on the jobs, you've got the weight of the world, not the weight of the world, but the weight of the, the country on your shoulders, yeah. and and it impacts everything in life. Mm-hmm. It really does. And I think that you know the one thing I would say is my daughter is extremely proud. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that I I am attached to this role and everything that I've done in my career, whether it's been good, bad, yeah. or indifferent, and. As I say, that that special bond will always be there regardless of what what job I do. I mean, I've said this openly before. I worked in a factory for 17 years and, Mm -hmm. you know, it was great for my development. But going back to the kind of, you know, the parent role and the mum, it's been tough because Mm -hmm. it's something that I've taken kind of really, really hard and not been there Mm -hmm. for my daughter as much as I should have been. But like you say, she must be immensely proud of you. She is, yeah, she definitely is. And looking at now, obviously you've got this Scotland team and this Scotland squad together, a really strong group of girls. Yeah, they are. I mean, they're fantastic. They're great human beings and, you know, we're, we're still learning as a group. You mm-hmm. always do, I think, in sport because you can't control everything. You can only influence. The only thing you can control in life is what you do yourself. But, you know, we, my predecessor, Anna Signol, did a fantastic job. We got to the first Euros in 2017. The team were there, and I don't think anyone expected us to get to the World Cup. That was a massive achievement. I think it's so underestimated yeah. in terms of how difficult it was to actually do it. And now the focus is very much on how do we go again and how do we get to another final? So obviously um, Euro 2021 20, is just round the corner. Yeah. It's in England, and it's something that, will be our main target to try and get there again Mm. we know it's going to be tough of course it is but um, as I say we've got an amazing group of players however it gets more and more challenging because the pressure increases Mm. tenfold because the expectations now are that Scotland's women's national team will get to a finals so they have to now 
have coping mechanisms of dealing with the pressure yeah. and that's something that we're not used to because we've always been yeah. Scotland are always the underdogs for yeah. everything in terms of the women's team that's changed yeah. so that's something that we really need to work hard at absolutely and it was so interesting last summer we really got a taste of that we thought Scotland actually might do this you know we came so close on so many occasions and I think that that's definitely there's a shift in mindset there as to what a, a Scottish national team might do in the near future yeah, for sure. I mean, I've kind of spoke about this a lot, you know, post-World Cup, uh, you know, out walking my dog, dog afterwards in the, at the local country park. And, um, you know, there's an, an elderly gentleman come across and he said, you know, I just want to say thanks because, you know, the entertainment. And mm-hmm. I never thought I would get to see a Scottish team at the World Cup. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I've had little boys that have engaged in the women's game. And for me, those are the key things to have as well as having 18,500 at mm-hmm. Hamden before we left. So, you know, you've got the performance side as one thing on the pitch, but off the pitch, it's about changing perception mm-hmm. about women's football. And that's yeah. something that I've worked hard all my life mm-hmm. to try and change, and I will continue to do that yeah. in whatever role that I have in the future. And you know the Scottish fans are the best in the world, and they will get behind with Scotland team, whether they are men or women, I do believe that as well. Yeah, they are. I mean, in France, it was amazing, you know, especially the England game. They were so vocal and it was it was absolutely amazing. And at Hamden as well. And then, you know, post-World Cup, the Euros, the Cyprus game, we had over 6,000. I think now we should be in a position that, in terms of the product that is on the pitch, we should be hoping for 10,000 at every home game that the Scottish Women's National Team play at. That, I, I think that is doable for mm-hmm. us as a national team. Talking of things that are doable, what's the vision for you for Scotland? What is it? What's the ultimate for you? Is it to make a final? Is it to win a major tournament? What's we have to be realistic, you know, in terms of rankings. Um, you know, we're ranked twenty second in in the world the FIFA rankings. So you have to be realistic in your your goals that you set. We will continue to set goals in the cycle. So whether it's a Euros or whether it's a World Cup to qualify. Now, if you compare that to what's happened previous, mm-hmm. you know what, that's massive in yeah. itself. But the one thing that we need to challenge ourselves, you, you've got to have, you know, different phases of it. So the first phase of it is, can you qualify? Mm-hmm. And then you have to reset your targets. And I think it's then about trying to then get out a group stage at a final. So, mm-hmm. and, and I think that should be our target for both the women's team and the men's team. I think that the country are crying out for us to get back, you know, to where we were. And that's going to take a lot of hard work from everyone involved in football, from grassroots all the way to performance, to national teams. But for me, personally, it's all about the team. And, you know, I want the individuals to do well. I want them to thrive in their club environment. I want them to have you know, an exit strategy when they stop playing so that they've got a career that Mm -hmm. they can follow. And ultimately, I think the most important thing is that we try and develop good human beings as well. I think that's hugely important. Definitely. And is there much cross-working between the men's and women's national teams? It's, um, you know, it's difficult because Steve's obviously got a huge, huge game coming up, mm-hmm. and um, but there's shared resources there mm-hmm. in terms of the high performance manager works with both the men's team and the women's team. The analysis team is the same. I've had lots of 
conversation and dialogue with Steve and he's very supportive mm-hmm. of what we're doing. So I think there's definitely, you know, the same vision, the same values and trying to achieve the same things. Mm-hmm. That's very, very apparent. We talked briefly as well about the impact of Celtic and Rangers going full time in the league in Scotland this season. Do you think that that will we've seen the first result with Celtic and Glasgow City as well, which gave them a win, it gave Celtic a win. Do you see that impact on Glasgow City's dominance? How much of an impact that can have? I think Glasgow City is huge credit to them to be as successful as they have been um, for a club that's obviously not got not supported by a professional men's club. Uh, the work that you know, Laura Montgomery and Caroline Stewart have done as the kind of co kind of founders of the club. It's been phenomenal. They've always recruited the best players, so they've cherry picked from mm-hmm. all the other clubs. And it will be interesting, you know, the kind of the shift potentially of the investment that Rangers and Celtic um, put in and how Glasgow City adapt to that. For me as a national team coach, I think it's brilliant because it creates such a competitive environment mm-hmm. in our domestic league. I also think that it will it will allow commercial partners potentially to come and invest in the league itself. Mm-hmm. I think that there's so many from a marketing point of view, it's fantastic. But ultimately, as a national team coach, for me, when our players are getting the opportunity to play in a professional environment, that can only be beneficial for the national team. It's definitely, I think, going to be one of the most interesting seasons that we've had in a long time. I mean, people say ever, but I've been around long enough in the women's game that I've seen some interesting things happen in the women's game. So I think it's going to be fantastic this year. I really do. And hopefully it's really, really competitive. And there's more than, you know, you want, Glasgow City will want to get challenged for sure. Every players, managers, you win a game 4-5-0 you know, you're not getting a challenge. Yeah. So it's important that to get better and become better yourself, then you need the most challenge environment. And mm-hmm. I think that that will be provided this season. And also they're attracting players from abroad that can now come here and work full-time as well. So I guess that can only enhance the environment the girls are, are training and playing in too. Yeah, I, I mean, ideally you want to try and retain the best Scottish players mm-hmm. um, because that helps the national team. You, you, know, you see it in men's football, look at... You know the EPL down in England, where they're you know all the best players from all around the globe come and play, mm-hmm. and I think that dilutes the quality that you have um, from a national mm-hmm. kind of governing body perspective. So, but I do think if it's the right players that they attract from mm-hmm. other countries, then that will undoubtedly help you know, the players that are, are, are in Scotland. And it's great, it's really exciting. I think in some ways, you know, you look at it and you think, oh, a player's coming from Atletico Madrid to come and play in, in Scotland. Players coming from India to come mm-hmm. and play in Scotland. So I, I think, for me, there needs to be the right balance, though, but mm-hmm. I think it's great kudos to the clubs that have kind of invested and um, even Glasgow City, you know, they've got players from Australia you know, and they've tried to kind of go out with Scotland to Mm -hmm. recruit as well so they're all doing similar things so fantastic hopefully it's a great product this year and if I had to put you on the spot which I'm going in about (laughs) (laughs) do you think Glasgow City will be still will be too strong this season and still will retain the title or do you think I think they've got such a winning mentality that I think it's still going to be hard for the other clubs this season in particular but as you as you mentioned the first game you know, obviously Celtic, I think that's back-to-back wins that Celtic have had against Glasgow City and won the tail end of last year. 
I still think Glasgow City have got some fantastic players with lots of winning experience. You mm-hmm. can't you can't put a price on yeah, that. Um, so and I think that both Celtic and Rangers and other clubs as well, you know, Hibs, everyone's mm-hmm. forgetting about Hibs. Don't yeah. forget Hibs. Mm-hmm. You know, they've been serial cup winners the last few years. So listen, it's going to be interesting because it's more than one team, I think, that's going to be dominating. I'm, I'm not answering your question because I... <laughs> but I do think Glasgow City still have a lot of strength and yeah. um, some fantastic players, so um, I would expect them to be there or thereabouts, for yeah. sure. OK. Finally, what advice would you give to any young girl wanting a career in football, thinking about it already in football? What would you say to them? <sighs> Don't think too far ahead. Personally, I've never been a planner. People think, look at my career and think that I've planned it. Couldn't be further from the truth. I've just worked hard. My advice would be they obviously have started playing a sport that they have a passion for. And the reason you do that is because you like it and subsequently you have fun. Too many times now at an early age, that gets forgotten. And then whether it's parents, whether it's teachers, whether it's coaches, start to get them really focused on the end product rather than the process uh-huh. go and enjoy it have fun work hard it's simple it's really really simple but I think the fundamentals are so important in life in general so don't think too far ahead of how much money you can earn or get in a career enjoy it embrace it because when you're enjoying something it's easier to work harder when you work harder you become better and then there's a knock-on effect of in my opinion a better opportunity of being successful and I think like anything in life, trying to be organised and disciplined, I think that it will help you, whatever you do. Super Scoreboard. Women in Football Podcast. Inspiring the next generation of girls in the game. There we have it, our chat with Shelley Kerr. That's the second part of our chat. And honestly, I was so... I was, surpri- I was surprised in many ways when I sat down with Shelley because, you know, you're always in sort of intrepid when you're interviewing a national team manager and sometimes their reputation goes before them but I think over both parts of that interview you could just get a real sense of how how not only how much of a switched on and fantastic manager she is but just a really honest and open person as well yeah like a just like a good human being which sounds like a weird thing to say about somebody that's Scotland's um, women's team national manager but she just came across so well and I don't think it's like media training I don't think it's her trying to be something to look at. I just think she seems like a genuinely good person I mean some of the answers that she came out with when she's talking about what you, you asked her what she wanted from the national team and she's like I want to bring up good human beings like how often do you hear that answer yeah that's it isn't it and I think as as part of that as well that I found you know the stories about her telling us about when she left letters for a little girl it's things like that that you don't think about you know as a mum you just don't you don't marry the two up, if you like, and, you know, how much she actually sacrificed to get to where she is right now. Um, and I think that that's... We've talked about this before in terms of the legacy that Shelley is creating and sort of the pathway that she's creating for girls and women. And I think that that's a huge, huge part of it. But at the core, it just seems to be... And when I when we spoke as well about why do this, what infer, what sort of advice would you give to young girls? And it's have fun. You know, get back to basics. If you're having fun and you're enjoying yourself, you're going to be more productive. You're more likely to stick at it. Um, And at the core, it is just those things when you strip everything else back. And I think that's the thing that I found most interesting. And it's probably the key to success. That sounds so, so cheesy. (laughs) I thought it was going to be like a really cheesy, like, 
sound effect <laughs> after that. Um, but yeah, so absolutely fantastic. Absolutely loved speaking to her and um, really, really grateful to Shelley for how open and um, candid she was with us. Yeah, what a what a pull for a first for a first interview. I know we've done over two parts and two episodes, but yeah, she deserved to be on both episodes because yeah. she's a really great speaker, really determined. I like how she she kind of contradicts herself a wee bit because she's like, I want to change the perception of women's football, and I've got a vision for how I want to do it. And then at one point, she said, "People think I've planned this. Couldn't be further from the truth. I've just worked hard." Mm-hmm. So you can tell, like, she wants to stay grounded. She wants to make out that you can get to where she is by just putting the work in. But I think she also did herself a wee bit of disservice because she must have a vision. She must have a drive. She must see where she wants this game to go because look where she's taken it already. And it's some effort on her part to get it there. And I don't know, she's got a great team around her and she talked about sharing resources with Steve Clark of the men's team and how useful it was to have both departments working and pulling for, for both sides. So she must have help along the way. But I think... Her vision, her attitude, her desire, her determination has got the Scotland national team to where it is now. And hopefully as well, you know, everything's been delayed at the minute, but you would hope that everything, especially the way things went in the Pinatar Cup for Scotland as well, that Scotland can pick up where they left off and keep that momentum going because it is a great core group of players there and um, someone that's been part of that core group in Scotland is Joe Love, who we are extremely excited to have on this second pod. Like, what a couple of great starts we've had. I know, I know. Could you have picked two more <laughs> you know, important women to the game just now? Um, it's incredible. Yeah, we were so lucky to have Shelley and Thank you, Shelley, for coming on. I'm glad I didn't get to meet you and ask you some questions. I'll get her back on another time. And yeah, I think she would just she would just call Joe up and just go for it. Yes, let's get Joe. Obviously, the circumstances permit just now that we can't have Joe um, in the studio with us, and we can reassure you that Callum and I are a safe distance apart. Um, but yeah, we're going to give Joe a phone, and we will get her involved. Super Scoreboard Women in Football Podcast Inspiring the next generation of girls in the game Joe Love, Glasgow City midfielder mm-hmm. Caps galore for Scotland Thank you so much for joining us We we can't honestly, we were just saying that earlier The guests that we've had um, with Shelley Kerr and now yourself Is just absolutely unbelievable for the first two pods So thank you so much, how are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm very well thanks And it's, it's honestly my pleasure to um, when, when I got asked to come on, I was a bit like, um, oh, why do they want to speak to me? Because um, there's, there's much more in, important people, probably people who are better at football than me for a start um, as well. But hopefully we'll, we'll have a good bit of banner and a good bit of fun while we're on the phone. It's amazing to hear how sort of humble you are. <laughs> we're standing here like a quite sort of starstruck that we've got you here. Um, so that's just absolutely incredible from you and we talk at a very bizarre time we were we were talking about that earlier in the sense of where we are in terms of the football climate and the, and the world just now you know you were saying that you're still managing to get out and about at the moment yeah well um it's, it's not particularly by choice but um in a way it kind of is by choice because um, i'm still having to get out and go to work um i work in a lab and we're kind of seen as not first priority but um we're, we're certainly up there and trying to do our bit for the situation as a whole right now. So, uh, yeah, whatever we can do at the minute, we're just kind of turning our hand to it. We were actually making hand sanitizer uh, the other day and I've been trying to add some more strings to my bow, if you like, and trying to learn a little bit of PCR training. So 
um, if I needed to go into the lab in a hospital environment where I'd be able to transfer some of my skills into that environment. But um, yeah, for now, it's just wait and see where we're needed and hopefully can respond in, in the best way for society. It's absolutely unbelievable to hear what you're doing, your story, and as well as everybody that's pulling together just now. And, and in many ways, you know, it does kind of put, obviously, sport and football into onto the back foot a little bit, and understandably and correctly so. But it is at the same time, it is something that we're all missing too, and it must be a big miss for you in terms of like, you know, it's such a a, a massive, massive part of your life as well. How are you coping without it? I actually heard a, a really good quote the other week, which was um, football is, is the most important thing of the unimportant things. Um, and I thought that really hits the nail on the head because as much as you think it's important at the time, there is obviously a much bigger picture and, and the safety of, of other people is absolutely paramount. But yeah, of course, missing football, just at, see, to be honest, I'm not much of a fitness fanatic, I'm not much of a lifter, I, I do it because I have to. That's the kind of stage that I'm at in my career just now. I would rather just be on the pitch, kicking the ball around with my friends, but to be in isolation. I was actually quite lucky in the fact that I managed to hire a treadmill, so that's keeping me going and, and I've got a, a little set of weights, but nothing quite beats the feeling of being out on the pitch with your teammates and just having that social side of it as well. I mean, you, we can text on WhatsApp all day, but it's not its not quite the same. But, um, of course, everyone's heading for this bigger picture where we all keep safe and healthy. So do you take that time? I mean, obviously, a lot of athletes currently do have a lot of time to sit back and think. Have you used that time to kind of reflect upon your career and, and sit back and look at what you've achieved? Have you had time to do that with your job just now? To be honest, it's not something that I would even really think about if I did have the time. It sounds really cliche, but I've forever I've just taken each day as it comes, each game as it's it's came at me. I've got no expectations of what happens in the future, football wise. I've I've just been very, very lucky and very privileged for the situations that, that I have managed to, to find myself in over these years. It hasn't gone without the hard work of course, but I do think I've been right place right time for a number of situations that I've actually found myself in so yeah luck can take you so far and talent hopefully can take you the rest of the way you know 191 caps for Scotland it's, it's more than a little bit of luck I think yeah. you're doing yourself a disservice <laughs> there uh, um, not, maybe I'm saying that because it was maybe luck that I got my first one do you know what I mean you need, you need, you need a, a bit of a stepping stone to actually get you onto that ladder maybe I can say that was lucky but hopefully I've deserved most of my caps <laughs> and also it's not just your caps I mean the success you've had with Glasgow City as well who've been the dominant force in, in women's football in Scotland I mean that must be you must be incredibly proud to to be a part of that team um, and like you say the hard work is clearly reflective especially for a, a team like Glasgow City who are an independent women's team yep absolutely um, and a lot of that credit has to go to Cass and, and Laura who actually run the team there's been probably hundreds of volunteers as well that have actually built that club from absolutely nothing. I don't know if you, you're aware, but I, there's a documentary coming out on BBC Alba that kind of follows the journey of Cass and Laura from the start and how they managed to build Glasgow City. And Unfortunately, I was supposed to meet the producers and have a wee interview and whatever with them, but we didn't get around to it. I was really busy at work in the time, but genuinely cannot wait to watch that because I, I probably don't know half of what's went into the club, even from, from where I am. Um, that's me being at the club now for eight seasons, so there's been a whole 
whole story before that as well. But I couldn't be prouder of where we are just now. Obviously, Rangers and Celtic and all these other teams now are becoming professional and they're trying to build on their platform. So, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see how the season goes. But take nothing away from Glasgow City. They've been phenomenal. Even before I joined, it was a big head-turner for me, the fact that they were just consistently winning. And that made me want to join it. I do quite enjoy winning, of course. <laughs> so, yeah, it was it was, it was was great to be given the opportunity to actually play for Glasgow City and what we've achieved is nothing short of phenomenal. And I think as well what makes it even more remarkable is what Glasgow City have achieved without the backing of a host club like Celtic or Rangers have, you know, and I think that that's one of the most standout things in terms of how the club's been built and founded. Yeah, absolutely. How do Money. you feel the you know about the challenge that you you just talked about there about Celtic and Rangers going full time and how Glasgow City are you know prepared to you know ha- have a challenge in in a way at last you know it has been quite a a one horse race so how equipped do you think or how much of an impact do you think that Celtic and Rangers going full time will have on the dominance of Glasgow City? I really do hope for the good of the game that it does have an impact. What I would have to say though is. The fact that girls at Rangers and Celtic are getting paid now, I know that technically makes them professional, but the standards that Glasgow City have set for training and how often we train and the people we've got involved to help us on and off the pitch, I think Glasgow City are as professional as all these teams, whether we are getting paid or not. I think that's neither here nor there. I still think that the foundation that Glasgow City has and the attitude of the players and the staff can hopefully match what all these other teams are putting in as well. Yeah, we'll we'll just have to wait and see. But I really do hope, for the good of the game, that we're not winning the league by however many points. If we win it by one, I'll take that. (laughs) (laughs) In terms of the development of the game as well, though, how would you like to see the women's game develop? Would you like it to see it continue to replicate the men's game or become have more of an emergence of independent women's teams because I guess there's benefits to both models isn't there because you're you know when you're independent you're responsible for sustaining your own income whereas when you're affiliated if there's financial trouble then I guess there'll be cutbacks too so I mean in your opinion how would you like to see it develop? I would just like more teams to to be involved whether that's alongside a men's team or whether that is an independent team you can see from Glasgow City's model it is sustainable as a standalone team I really don't think there's any reason for people not to want to get involved in the sport at this minute. Probably more booming than it's ever, ever been. So, yeah, I just I just think now is the time. If people want to play football, then they should have the chance. You, obviously, we spoke about how there's a lot of other teams around Glasgow City that are putting a lot more money into their football. Before that, your, your dominance has been incredible and it feels like a story that's not had enough light shone on it. It feels like the kind of thing we'll look back on in a couple of years and be like, that's, we didn't give that the credit it deserved. What do you think breeds that winning mentality that you have just to keep winning, to keep going and to keep in all these titles and these cups at Glasgow City? I genuinely don't know. It's not as if we've had the same team for all these seasons. It's not as if we've had the same players, the same manager. It just seems to be in the roots of Glasgow City, really. I do think that we get players in very well that seem to suit what Glasgow City is about. They put their all into it as much as the people who have built this kind of empire up have. So I really don't know what it is, but if anyone knows what it is and can actually find what it is, put it in a jar because all things will come to an end. We all know they will at one point, but we wouldn't want to go down without a fight. 
I just feel like as well, we're talking about, you know, the game is on a high at the minute and it absolutely is. And there's more young girls getting involved in football than ever. And they're looking at people like you, you know, you're a role model to them. How do you feel about, you know, being that person that that the little ones coming through and, and the teenagers coming through look at you as an example and think, well, if Joe Love can do it, I can do it? <laughs> a bit crazy like I, I won't ever get used to someone saying that they look up to me or I, literally just five minutes ago I, I like the the younger girls were doing the the toilet roll challenge on Facebook and I, I liked it and within five seconds I had a message to say thanks for liking we're post it means a lot <laughs> like that, that's bizarre I, I, I love it I love what everyone's doing at the minute just to try and keep spirits high these young girls for them to look up to me, it really is bizarre. I don't go out of my way to try and be nice to people. I don't go out of my way, certainly not to be nasty to people. But for some reason, I just seem to be, I don't know, maybe I'm the, the daft one, maybe I'm the silly one. But <laughs> I seem to get on well with all the age groups. I don't know whether they look up to me for my footballing ability, whether they look up to me for what has happened throughout my career or whether they look up to me because I'm carrying on with them at training. But um, really, whatever it is, it really does mean the world to me. It does. I wouldn't know how to show that, but I think if you're generally a nice person, then I don't know, there's not any reason for... You can't give people a reason to to dislike you let's put it that mm-hmm. way do you think that that relationship though and the way that you can you know communicate with the younger girls and they do look up to you do you think that that might lead you into maybe a coaching role one day or into you know management once you do um, eventually retire is that something that interests you at all to be honest it's not I wouldn't mind being involved in the club in some way but I'm, I'm just really not confident as a coach I've done like mini kickers badges and then I've just thought, no, that was that was stressful stressful enough for me. So I don't I don't know. I would I would love to be involved in the game in some capacity if someone wanted me, but I I don't think I'm the one that's cut out for the coaching. Get that sense as well though that you just love playing football. That's what you're here yep. for, isn't it? Yep, absolutely. Don't I'm no fuss about your training, no fuss about your keeping fit, no fuss about your lifting. If I could play a game every single day, I would play a game every single day. <laughs> <laughs> Birds with Boz. Well, on that note, we have got a section in the show called Birds with Boz. We had Jane O'Toole uh, last week, who you'll know of, I'm sure, after her mm-hmm. knee dislocation. So, Well, there's no pressure after Jane, is there really? <laughs> Honestly, I can't... I basically make up a story that I fell out of a plane or something to <laughs> To be fair, you are making hand sanitizer that's saving lives. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's pre- I think that's a well, pretty that's, good one. That's the gritty thing. The touch wood, this is all that's happened. But the worst thing that's happened to me when I've been on the football pitch is I've split my head open and I've I've just played on. And that's, that's as good as it gets. Seven stitches, but... <laughs> Everything was fine. I never had a concussion. I can't even flower it up. I just split my head and I needed stitches and I played on and that was it. <laughs> that that's pretty intense. Yeah, that's that's pretty decent. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I could do that. <laughs> you could have, honestly. Seven stitches doesn't cover too much. But anyway, I've still got my eyebrows, so that's nice. <laughs> just one? <laughs> have you got both? <laughs> I've always just had one. <laughs> That's why I have to go to the beautician. <laughs> You'll be struggling now in quarantine as well. That must be a nightmare. Oh, I know. about with one eyebrow for like no three months. recognise me. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you so much for that. 
We've got some quick fire questions for you as well. We're going to give you a timer. So mm-hmm. there'll be 30 seconds for you to rattle through as many of these as possible. Now, I'm going to tell you the last person to tackle it was Jane O'Toole. She only got to three questions. She's at the top of the leaderboard. So okay. the benchmark. Is that or is this an actual quiz where I have to use my brain? No, it's just about you. What was the first game you went to? Uh, it was a Rangers All-Star game. Who's your footballing hero? Brian Loudrop. Best player you've played with? Uh, Julie Flynn. Best player you've played against? Mia Hamm. Who's your best friend in football? Uh, Hayley Lauder. Best stadium you've played at? Uh, Hamden. And your best footballing moment? Thank you. That was seven. A lot better than Jane. You did a lot better than Jane. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> smashed it. I mean, I don't know if they were all true, but we've got an <laughs> At least you answered them. Yeah. Joe, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us on oh, the podcast. You. It's been an absolute honour, to be honest with you. Yeah, thanks, Joe. I really appreciate it. And especially because you're working so hard in your other full-time job doing really important work. So I imagine you must already be shattered. So it really, we really appreciate you taking the time to do it. No worries at all. Hopefully one day I can, we can meet face to face when all this is over. Hopefully we'll be back with you in a couple of weeks' time. But thank you so, so much for listening and um, take care of yourselves and stay safe.